today on CityCast Denver. What the heck is going on with the Park Hill Golf Course redevelopment and why should you care about it? Well, the fate of this huge piece of land could change the community forever. And we've got two sides at war. Um, the city does have a voice. Once it's gone, the developer can do whatever it wants to based on whatever deal it strikes with the administration. Today and Monday on the show, I'll be speaking to people with very different ideas and very strong feelings about the future of the site of the old Park Hill Golf Course. I have watched this game before. Developers come and promise things on the front end, and then as time goes on, their plans and what they actually do almost never matches the promises made on the front end. Today is Friday, May 14th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. Another nice day in Denver with a high of 73 degrees and light clouds. A bill moving through the statehouse would make it a misdemeanor to harass or retaliate against elected officials or their families. Under this bill, it would also be a felony to make a credible threat against them. The bipartisan measure comes after elected officials and public health workers faced harassment and threats of violence over COVID restrictions. And speaking of COVID restrictions, the CDC announced yesterday that fully vaccinated people do not need to wear masks indoors anymore. But the CDC still recommends that you wear a mask on public transit, at the doctor's office, and other super crowded places. Oh, and here's something cool. First Fridays are coming back soon. Denver's Art District on Santa Fe announced a return to their monthly block parties starting in June. And for music lovers, City Park Jazz also returns in June for its 35th season. Yay for free art! For the past few years, I've seen countless articles, posts, and even yard signs about the redevelopment of the Park Hill Golf Course. Does it stay open space? Or does it get turned into restaurants, shops, and apartments? But here's a confession. I still don't get this issue. It's complicated, it's contentious, and everyone seems so upset, I just don't know where to start. But here's the thing. There's a group of people who are trying to collect signatures to put the fate of the Park Hill Golf Course on the ballot in November. It would mean all of Denver might have a say in the future of those 155 acres of valuable land, which, by the way, is about the size of Wash Park. So it's time to finally figure out what the heck is going on, and we're bringing it to you in two parts. Part one, is this a historic community standing up to the big bad developer? Or as we'll get into on Monday, is this actually a broad coalition of forward thinkers working toward a more equitable city for all? Ooh, beachy. That's my aspirational background, hoping that someday I'll be on the beach again. I like it. <laughs> Former mayoral candidate, lawyer, and longtime Park Hill resident Penfield Tate would like to see more open space in his neighborhood. But most importantly, he thinks that decision should be left up to the community. Well, thanks, Penfield, for joining me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here, Bree. Thank you for the invitation. So we're going to talk about the Park Hill Golf Course today, and I really wanted to start kind of from a personal perspective for you. What does the Park Hill Golf Course mean to you? Uh, you know, it's been a important, an important component of my life in the city ever since I returned back home from law school in 1981. 
Um, the Park Hill Golf Course is not the closest and never has been the closest golf course to my house, but it's the one I play the most. But it had importance beyond that. The Park Hill Golf Course Clubhouse has often been a convening spot for politicos or other activists or other folks in Northeast Denver. Many a campaign was launched there and planned there and plotted there. Um, Many a campaign was plotted and killed there. (laughs) But it also had another role. Um, I am a a longtime member of the Owl Club of Denver, and it is a a, a social club of African-American men. Uh, But in addition to that, what distinguishes the club is we're celebrating our 70th debutante ball, uh, where we introduce um, young women into society annually. Um, In the early days of of our ball, the club had a difficult time getting downtown hotels to host the, the debutante presentation. So the, the Park Hill Golf Course Clubhouse um, has been the home of the debutante uh, cotillion a number of times over the years. So it, it has had um, a broader role than just being a golf course um, in, in the black community. Sure, sure. It sounds like it. It sounds like a wonderful gathering place that filled a lot of roles for the community itself beyond what maybe people just think of as a golf course in the That's city. Right. You That's know? right. Um, so fast forward to today, what's going on with the Park Hill Golf Course? Well, <laughs> technically nothing. Okay, so I've got to cut in here for a minute and explain why nothing's happening. It's because of something called a conservation easement, and it is the key to understanding the debate over the future of this site. Basically, it's a legal mechanism that limits possible uses of a particular piece of land. The city shelled out $2 million for it back in the late 90s, and it has kept the land a public golf course, or at least an open space, ever since. And it's important because a developer called Westside Investment Partners bought the land in 2019, with the idea that they might be able to make some money by building something there. Let's be clear, they purchased the property knowing this perpetual restriction existed. And I've been in public forums with them where they have said, we're speculators, we buy land that's restricted like this and count on our ability to work the politics to get the restrictions lifted and do other stuff with the land and make a bunch of money. I'm not opposed to them making money. I'm just opposed to them. We're opposed to them trying to make money at the expense of the black community and the broader community on this land. So they purchased the land and then entered into an agreement with the city, which uh, I find troublesome, where the city told them, we're all going to ignore the conservation easement for three years. Coincidentally, that, that is equal to the time period Michael Hancock has left in office. Um, And we're going to tell you, you don't have to run a golf course. You don't have to do anything. So you don't even have to actively use the land. um, And we'll give you time to try to coerce, cajole, convince people to let you redevelop the land. So in in what you're doing right now, um, I know you're spearheading a new effort to get an initiative on a Denver ballot this November so that voters will be able to decide the future of the site of the Park Hill Golf Course. Can you explain what the initiative is that you're working on? Sure, Bree. We, we, are, we are carrying petitions and collecting signatures to um, initiate a city ordinance. 
and our ordinance would simply say that designated parkland, so it's broader than just this site, but designated parkland and land protected by a conservation easement cannot be subject to residential or commercial development without a vote of the people. That's why you're bringing this to a ballot initiative for the whole city is that your your idea or your thinking is that this could go on in the future and support other community efforts to preserve parks. That's right. That's right. Okay. We, we need a check and balance because this administration, um, by its prior actions, has shown um, it's more concerned with the development uh, than with, I would argue, the quality of life and the overall atmosphere and tenor of neighborhoods. You know, as you talk to people around town, Bree, one of the things they'll tell you is their biggest laments and concerns is that we're developing at, at just a hyper breakneck pace and, and, and we're not conserving the quality of life or preserving the character of neighborhoods. And, and speaking of that, speaking of the developers that currently own this land, um, Westside Investment Partners and the Holleran Group, they talk about a mix of affordable housing, grocery stores, and ret- retail, as well as some parkland on this space. And I know, I mean, that could sound good on paper, but what are what are your thinking about those plans? Uh, well, let, let's be clear, Bree. They have no plans. Um, let's be very clear. They they have nothing on paper, nor do they have any commitments. But and so what they're doing is, and it's and, and it's unfortunate. Number one, I don't think the Holleran Group owns anything. I think Westside owns the entire site. Okay. The Holleran Group is a group that was just formed in 2019. Um, they found some African Americans to form a group so that they can at least give the perception that they're going to have African-Americans involved in the redevelopment of the site. And I say perception because we don't know and they haven't disclosed what the deal is. Um, Secondly, they're making a lot of promises now, but I will tell you, I've, as I said, I've lived in Park Hill for nearly 40 years and I've, and I've been in Denver um, 40 years since I came back from school. I spent time in the legislature. I worked in the office of prior mayor. I served in a governor's cabinet. I have watched this game before. Developers come and promise things on the front end. And then as time goes on, their plans and what they actually do almost never matches the promises made on the front end. So from your perspective and all of the work that you've done and your, your just your personal connections with this open space, what do you think would benefit the Park Hill neighborhood the most on these 155 acres? You know, I, I will be honest with you, Bree. I will not presume to say what will benefit the community the most. I do believe the community ought to have a voice. And the importance of the conservation easement is that is the leverage for the community. So long as that easement is in place, um, the city does have a voice. Once it's gone, the developer can do whatever it wants to based on whatever deal it strikes with the administration. And, and the community, I think, needs to be aware of that. One thing that we're doing with, with uh, Yes on Open Space is we've we've begun working on some some sort of broad brush ideas or revisioning the space in an open space recreational context not with development. Um, And I guarantee you the financial requirements are going to dictate 
that it's primarily developed, yes. not park or open space. A pittance will be devoted to pocket parks, and they'll be so small and so scattered that they'll have very, very minimal value. Uh, as as we've appeared before neighborhood groups and, and had other conversations, I, I have challenged people, and, and what I often say to them is, tell me any time in your recollection where a developer has come to the city and the city council and said, we want to demolish an entire block of buildings and raise them to the ground and plant a bunch of grass and trees and make a real big park in the middle of a neighborhood that doesn't have one. Um, it hadn't happened, and it won't. It's always the reverse. We lose our open space. We don't get more of it. So you feel that the I know the city has started this this community outreach process, and you don't feel that it's truly representative of of the community when it comes to who they're connecting with? No, because the people they've got involved have been involved from early on when we started this a year ago, and they made clear their desire to see development. We think that this is all smoke and mirrors by the developer in the city, um, and so they're trying to, to, to manufacture public sentiment for a different outcome, but they've got people walking the streets, and we talk to, to residents who've, who've had these people knocking on the door, and they're misrepresenting to them what this is all about. You know, they've got people telling our neighbors, what do you want, a golf course or development? Well, those aren't the choices, and they know that. And I know the developer is trying to twist this into some weird racial argument, which I vehemently object to and personally find offensive. We can determine our own fate, and we can determine the fate of this land. It doesn't have to be something that is just coincidentally immensely profitable to this developer. So yeah, it's it's a bit disingenuous and disturbing. And it's one of those instances where if you can't get city government to respond to you, you've got to go directly to the people to make your case. And that's what we're going to do. Well, Penfield, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. If you see our people out in the street, sign our petitions. On Monday, we'll hear from the other side, the developers. And they have a strong response to some of Penfield's claims. I question Penfield's understanding of the true needs are of folks in Northeast Park Hill. And the thing is that we can create that win-win with how large this piece of property is. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were Paul Caroli. Hi. Alexandra McMahon. What's up? And Natalie Rivera. Hi. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter. Hello. Our music is by Los Mocochetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend about us next time you see them. See you later. Hardest part of my job. Oh, God.